0: and welcome back to the off the clock show you're joined again with sean gervais from orbis x as well as marty mr marshall hill from the pints and polishing podcast as well as hyper clean car care products how you doing marty doing well sir doing well thank you yourself good 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 very good actually thanks and i don't know why but every time i say your name i always go marty mr marshall hill and i always go up on the i don't know maybe it's a canadian thing i'm not sure
1: yeah most definitely
0: (laughs) i hey, speaking yeah. of Canada.
1: Oh, Canada! Our shipment has arrived with another new distributor hey, there.
0: Hey hey. hey, hey, yeah,
1: Kimberly, great job.
0: Amazing, yeah. West Coast of Canada, what's up? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, we yeah. no, got confirmation.
1: <laughs> got confirmation. The pallet has landed. So
0: that's amazing, man. Another Orbis X member. Another proud queen yeah. supporter. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and that's yeah, gonna help. It
1: is- it is cool to see, you know, who who joins over from one side to the next, right? Like, one yeah. of the winners was a guy that, from one of the questions last week, we he's a guy that had been in my trainings years ago, you know, and, like, yeah. he pops up here in your group, and it's like, okay, love this, yeah. you know? It's, it's cool, cool to see, see the,
0: the communities yeah.
1: kind of intermix a little bit.
0: Community, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cheers to you guys, yeah. It's a great community. It's, it's funny, a lot of people think that the – the whole detailing industry they see all the stuff online like the people that interact online anyways they think oh there's so much toxic stuff here but if you look through all that there actually is quite a quite a bit of great harmony you oh know? yeah you've seen some toxic stuff lately oh fuck every day <laughs> you kidding me oh my god yeah it's it's funny <laughs> i uh my my wife she grows sage and um, she's drying some sage and then we, we give it away every year um it's like a native thing that we do. Anyways, for smudging. It's just a process of like cleansing your house. Anyway, uh, she was making some and I, I said, Can I borrow some of that? And then I was I was just as a joke, waving it over the computer. She's like, What you doing? I'm like, look at this guy's comment. I said this guy, this guy needs some uh some love from the creator in his life, but uh or God or whatever God you pray to. But uh yeah, it's just I don't know, man. There's there's two sides of the coin. I've been mean, talking to some people and they crushing it, absolutely crushing it really happy with life just everything's going uh the way that they've worked hard for it to go i don't like to say that you know the way that uh, the cards were dealt or whatever because it's not luck they worked hard for it but but then there's some some others that it's just complete opposite it's almost like that middle group is kind of gone now that's what i'm finding is that it's yeah you know, and the,
1: the middle gets squeezed out you're right and it, yeah. it goes one side to the next what what i find about the people that are making it are the people that have you're right like they've kind of planned they've been talking to people they understand the moment uh you know in a in a great economy everybody does do well yeah. right i mean you literally you could have just opened the door you could have thrown out some little bit of marketing and 5 years ago you could have been cleaning cars pretty quick you know yeah. even 3 years ago i mean there's so many people in corona that opened up a business and they couldn't believe how fast they grew yeah. i mean there's a lot of people that were that way oh man they were just calling out of the woodwork like
0: yeah so what happens oh, so
1: what happens is in a downward economy people just have less money you know like so the smart people plan for it because you can't stay in this high economy high rates forever there's always a flow in this game right that's why we say it's a game <laughs> it's, exactly. it's never the same thing over and over you always got to evolve and figure out how to play the game
0: Exactly. And that's, that's why both of us have been so big on maintenance clients for a lot of people is because it's it's one of those things that keeps that relationship. And for me, I was, I was describing this. I was doing a coaching call recently. I was talking to the guy and I said, look, it's the difference between it's catching butterflies. And it's the difference between the method of catching butterflies. So you have, in one sense, you can build a, you know, this massive net and you just, you're always swinging and always swinging and then you're you're catching some butterflies, but you're not going to catch them all. The other option is you build yourself a garden. And the butterflies just come in and so i said what you need to do is look at your business in that way what can you add to your garden what kind of things are going to bring in those pollinators and bring in the you know beneficial insects and so on and so forth and once you start putting all those pieces together the garden is just there and so during tough times you always have you know some butterflies coming some bees coming and then during better times you just have more of them coming and then you're still swinging but if if your only method is just swinging you might be swinging at air, and there's no butterflies there. You know, <laughs> there's just nothing to catch. There's no relationship would yeah. have been built. And yeah.
1: that's a really great analogy. Uh, I'm going to use it someday.
0: Hmm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use it, claim it as my own. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> i'll yeah. give you
1: credit on the first one but after that i'm still there we go. yeah
0: yeah I'm, I'm gonna check and watch get a notification from amazon the pints and polishing and Hyperclean introduce how to catch butterflies <laughs> I'm like, damn it i should have copyrighted but, that
1: so i usually use the analogy and just because it's the way i think i think when i've thought of it in my mind from watching so many nature shows uh, right and if if the buffalo or you know whatever they're watching and they're documenting this this journey that they're on Mm -hmm. uh polar bears they've done this you know but where they're you're journeying through and then it gets too cold right like Mm -hmm. and they die because there's not enough food there you you see it with buffaloes going through the african type ones where the water's drying up and they've got to get to the next watering hole but maybe people you know i know they've done this with alligators i've seen it too right like the gators or the hippos stay in a pool too long when the drought is there yeah. and they don't move on well what happens
0: yeah <laughs> the water's
1: gone right yeah. so I, i've always thought like you know you, you got to fish in multiple streams sometimes you can't just yeah. you can't just fish in the same spot your whole life like it, that oh, stream's yeah. gonna come and go you sometimes gotta journey out sometimes you gotta move back i mean it's it's all about ebb and flow of well the flow of the water the flow of the economy how much is there yeah. and how little is there?
0: It's it true. is
1: rough when you find a little there and you go, oh, yeah, shit.
0: yeah. No, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <am> <laughs> Especially when you find out too late and you're like, oh, man, whoops. And that's mm-hmm. weird. I, I think a big par- part of the problem, too, is in this industry in particular, I've noticed there's a lot of people that have recently become mentors and people that have recently become, uh, you know, self-proclaimed gurus and so on and so forth that they, uh, you know, I've even seen it with some of the the, the companies quote unquote competitors of Orbis X where they've, you know, hired someone that, uh, Oh, this person knows their shit, you know, and they start putting out these videos, but I know this and I know that and everything. And, and the stuff they're they're putting out is just, it's garbage and very one one one-sided where they're saying, you know, uh, two plus eight is 10 and that's the formula. That's the only way to get there. And so people start trying to replicate that and then they fail after time and so on and so forth. But you have to realize in life, there's a lot of ways to get to 10. Sometimes it's five plus five, sometimes it's six plus four, so on and so forth. And so as long as you get to 10, if that's your goal, that's all that matters. But you have to really realize that sometimes it takes two plus eight, but a lot of times it takes, you know, five plus five, six plus four, so on and so forth. So always be looking for that other formula and take someone's, you know, mentors are really important, obviously, but taking their word as just gospel entirely and not injecting some of your own creativity and ambition into it. Uh, just leads to problems but anyway that was a just my two second rant about that (laughs) i saw a post it got me heated a little bit because i saw a post recently and someone gave credit for one of my comments and one of my statements that we actually mentioned on air and they said that this other person had coined it and said it and i was like oh very interesting you know i was like that's fine you know if he needs the boost and uh, a little bit of help in life then that's cool but uh but it was definitely something we talked about on our podcast And the important thing to realize is that Sometimes when people were successful at something and then it worked for them, they did their thing, but then now they're trying to give information on how you can replicate it, not factoring in how things have changed. So when they did it and the economy was great, now that they're trying to tell you how to do that exact same thing when the economy has changed uh, can lead to real problems. And so... Anyway, yeah, but uh, but I, I like a lot of animal shows too. I watch a lot of that stuff. Even last night, I was watching some stuff with my daughter. We we're watching snake attacks and things like that. It's just crazy stuff. But you can learn so much from animals. In my opinion, they're honestly probably the best business mentors out there. In my opinion, because they're all about survival. Is do or die. It's do there's or no die. Yeah, yeah, there's no. It's fucking crazy. Imagine going to sleep every night and you're outside. Where a million things wanna eat you. Some of them are small, some of them are microscopic, some of them are gigantic. Like it is brutal. It's rough out there. And so I, I watch a lot of animal stuff, everything from insects all the way to, you know, mammals, things in the ocean, all kinds of stuff. And it's really cool to see their adaptability and also how they strategize, work together. Like I've seen teams of buffalo or hyenas work more as a team than I have teams in businesses. It's insane and it's like jesus you guys could learn a lot from these fucking hyenas <laughs> you know you think oh they're hyenas what do they know you know and you look at it and it's like you know everyone understands like they got a role they have a job to do they got this that and uh yeah you can learn a lot of stuff from insects yeah but uh you know what on that note i do have one it's it's just a pre-tip but i do have one that i learned about insects which is pretty cool um uh, a lot of insects you wonder, you know, how do they know to do certain things? It's not hereditary, like they're not taught, but you know, like the the baby ant isn't taught by the, you know, the mom and dad. They're just, they do shit. And it's like, how do they know that? And so each of them has like a sequence of instructions built into them. And how they found this, this repeatable thing was they would stop an insect in the middle of their instructions. So if their instruction was, you know, I don't know, go out, find this, bring it back, whatever they would stop them at a certain point and then they would like relocate them or something like that. And they would pick up every time exactly on the next step where they were to go. And it's just been millions and millions of years of following instructions exactly so that they could do things perfectly. And, you know, thinking about that as humans, we often try and problem solve, right? So, we, you know, problems happen, what do we do? We adapt, we think quickly, we find a solution, we do something, right? But oftentimes that means deviating from our plan sometimes even though it seems counterproductive just following through with the plan and then dealing with that thing afterwards gets it done twice as fast but uh anyway i I learned that from insects that was just pre tip that doesn't even count basically that's it yeah we're not putting that in the bouquet but it's it's there (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so anyway so
1: i i watched which was interesting uh recently was about uh you know the the younger lions, you suddenly start trying to turn on the older male lion, right? And it's like oh. it's time for you to get out of here. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time for us to take over. And there's part of me that sometimes I've felt that way, right? And we think of business like we've thought of that too. It's like, all right, when is the you know we're still young, forties, you know, in our young forties, yeah. you know, it would, we're really pushing the agenda in the industry, and we we many times are ready to to take over on some of these old fuckers and you're like come on man get yep. the fuck out of here like <laughs> yeah. you're teaching old school ways here man like that we're ready is. to take over not that i would have ever turned on my own dad right like yeah, yeah. that's the interesting part i mean there are people that that go into battles with their dad sure. were you ever a, a battle with your dad guy
0: um not too much no i think because my dad was um He was a quiet man but he was well not was he still is he still is very logical and very um he's very empathetic he was a high school teacher for a long 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 time and uh physicist as well and so he i don't know he he always engaged in very interesting conversations and his outlook on life like don't get me wrong when i was a teenager Man, he used to, you know, like I I wouldn't want to wake up at, you know, fucking crack of a nun's ass because he's he still wakes up at like five a.m. and I was like, geez, Dad, I can't do it, you know. And he would always say like, you know, sleep is for the week. and he would say weird shit like focus on the donut, not the hole. Didn't even really understand that at the time, but you know, he would just, you know, so he, he gave like tough love at times, but he, um, I don't know, no, he was he was always agreeable with things. The the one area where we. Didn't really see eye to eye, but we didn't fight over it. It was just, I was more business oriented and he was not anti-business, but he like, he's gone to like protests about like, Oh, they're building a uranium mine. Got to go protest it. You know, like we can't be destroying the forest, but my dad's part native American. So he, he just very much, you know, saved the planet down with business, that kind of stuff. So we, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on those kind of topics, but uh like when I opened my, my auto shop, for example, he told me, he's like, son what are you doing like you you know advertising and technology like don't this isn't gonna work out what are you doing and then when we hit seven figures for the first time he, he came and he was like hey listen I, I really you know screwed the pooch there he's like I don't know what I'm talking about because he, he he's the type to acknowledge like he didn't know what he was he was out of his depth and he just he was just worried you know like maybe I was also out of my depth and so he's uh, I don't know he's a very understanding person but I do know a lot of people they kind of butt heads with their their pops you know especially when they hit a certain age it's like I'm the man no no I'm the man now you know that kind of stuff but I don't know it's not really too much of that the only thing is when I was boxing you know before that I was getting bullied and stuff my dad uh, bought the well not bought he found these at the uh, garage sale these like wrestling mats put them in the basement every day I came home he would just start pounding on me he's like downstairs you start pounding on me and at first you know I'm like ah, and he's like don't turtle and so I have to fight back and stuff and so I don't know. I guess looking back, it was a form of love at the time. I was like, what an asshole. <laughs> but, you know, he grew on me. So, But, yeah, it, it is a thing, though, when you start to come of age, you know, you're like, I'm the man now. You know, yeah, how about so,
1: you? My dad, towards the end of his, uh, literally probably months before he died, you know, he told me he didn't think I'd ever really make it. And uh, he was proud of me, <laughs> Right? Like- <laughs> oh, shit.
0: <laughs> Damn well first off condolences but damn <laughs> holy shit <laughs> all right so that went the complete opposite way. <laughs> oh shoot damn man fuck condolences, but so
1: shit. <laughs> i said you know it i he he was like your dad he didn't talk much uh, but yeah. if i needed help i there was times i was a mobile detailer and i was so busy he came out to help towards the end of the days when he would get done with his work, uh, and true. come out and help me clean cars. I, I'd oh, go on trips, true. and he'd he'd help the power washing business. I mean, he would step in no problem. He just yeah. never really was a talker, you know, like that. So okay,
0: yeah.
1: part of that was the joke, you know, like you know, but he didn't. He really never thought I, I would make it. And I remember he always wanted me to go get a job. He he always safety in the job. Um,
0: yeah, it was that's interesting. You know, yeah, it was the thing. It was save your money, don't invest, save your money, you know, get a job. It's the safe, the safe route. You know, I think a lot of that was post depression era it was like, you know, we got to like, look how bad things can get. Don't take chances, you know, keep the pantry stocked. And, you know, I think that was a uh, part of the times. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think he also knew how hard.
0: Yeah. He
1: quit his job because they wanted to move. He worked for a company called Burroughs. Okay. Um, they were bought by IBM. You might have heard of them.
0: Yeah. And uh, IBM, do they they make televisions? Or <laughs> <laughs> one of their head offices is actually uh, five minutes from my house. <laughs> but
1: So he was a salesman for Burroughs. And they when they got bought by IBM, they wanted to move us to uh, Chicago. Now, okay. my mom, some Stillwater, which is where OSU is, super small town. My dad's from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Once again, a super small town. No way in hell they were going to move.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, right, he quits. And oh. I'm looking through this past weekend. He had kept this binder for some strange reason. And I have his old wagon here. And I've got some time. I go through and start trying to work on it. And we've got uh, it running. We've got some stuff. I'm just trying to work on some interior stuff. And, and I right. find this giant
0: binder. Oh, shit look at the size of that thing holy shit that was just in the truck
1: yeah yeah, yeah. three oh. ring binder and what this binder is yeah. is this is his well customer data information
0: okay. damn so the, we got the original crm <laughs>
1: the original right it's got the three hole yeah. punch you gotta love that nicely yeah. done oh, yeah. We've got the personal information, we got spouse, children, background information, hobbies, financial information, what's their objectives, all this fine data, right? Yeah. Information on a customer. And could you imagine, Jeez. could you imagine Searches having a to carry that. around this gigantic, gigantic three ring binder and then right. to go look up, right? So then you'll have to it. read alphabetize, like you're, yeah. you don't have to have a system to go back and look and find it. So you, you probably have to do alphabetical, right? And you have yeah, to go- Yeah, every
0: to- time you have to go sift through there and then it's, oh man, wow. That's amazing. What discipline though? Like that's, that's so impressive. You know, it's like, I'm gonna succeed. I'm gonna take the steps. Like man, even with technology right now, like Orbis X makes it so simple. And some people, uh, they're like, ah, I don't bother collecting email addresses. It takes too long. I'm like, man, are you crazy? <laughs> like, you know, collect those addresses. It takes too many. What would your dad have done if he had a system like Warbis X and he could put in all this information? Wait, I can send them a message just from the system? The system will do it for me? That's amazing. Like, man, that is wild. Jeez, what a find, though. What a treasure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a find. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. There's some guys talking about that because that's sort of why I wanted to bring it up. I, we, we like to complain. I think it's humans. Yeah. Generality. If there's something that we want, that we don't like something that's going on. Brands
0: my gears. Yeah. You talk about it.
1: We want to complain about it. How? There's no more complaining. <laughs> <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
0: Can you imagine if that, like that was someone's job. It was uh, you got to write this shit down. You have to alphabetize it. Then you have to flip through these pages, find it. If that thing gets wet, then it's just gone. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Plus,
1: Anything happens. You get in a wreck?
0: Yeah. And you got to think, too. Like, what if if you can't write very well? And then if you, yeah, you you go to sell your company and you hand over a binder of shit they can't even read or something. Like, Jesus. So, great point. Because if
1: you don't have a book, then you don't have a business.
0: Yeah, it's true hundred percent because anybody can start your business from scratch and build customers they would be investing in your business or buying your business because it comes with that book right and that's where uh you know if you have a system like orbis x for example set up you can put in all your customer data obviously but then there's so much more you can do with that as well like there's uh, journals and all kinds of like in that book it probably doesn't account for follow-up calls uh you know called them on this date or so and so because if not that binder would be 10 times that size but in orbis x there's no limit on the data you can just it's strokes on the keyboard saved it's there you can reference it you can search it very easily that's a more important thing because i can't imagine going through that binder and being like okay fuck i gotta call david (laughs) flip it through it and you're like oh shit which david and then trying to figure that out you know that's where like us we put so much stuff into orbis x it might seem mundane But we put the stuff in there birthdays anniversaries if they have pets uh, you name it if they have other vehicles obviously we put those things in there but you know things that you wouldn't think of we take a look at the customer's shoes you know that that might seem like a weird mundane detail but my my staff's been basically trained on looking for certain things and that's kind of how we base their commission is on the reviews that they get but also the data that they enter i could care less if they finish a service faster or so on and so forth we've never been too much focused on like pushing the speed of their service we have to an extent but we don't want them to cut corners and so i would rather they just do the job correctly get a good review and then you know if they're like an hour overdue or something that's a different story we're gonna have a conversation but you know 15 minutes here and there i know some people that with their businesses they want to micromanage right down to the that should have taken 45 minutes not 52. You know, it's like you're focused on the wrong thing. Maybe that extra six minutes made the customer's day and you don't even know that. Right. And so those are the kinds of things that we want in the notes. If they've got something in the notes, like spent an extra 15 minutes taking out a stain in the front seat because the customer, you know, was complaining about it or something before they got here. Beautiful. I'm happy they spent that extra 15 minutes. Right. But we wouldn't know that unless they put the data into Orbis X. And then they put in things like, you know, customer has a brand new pair of shoes, customer has this, that. And I know that seems crazy. Like, why would we care about their shoes? But we keep track, especially the younger guys, because if we can make a younger guy happy, he's going to be a customer for a longer period of time. And they tend to interact more on social media with their friends. We literally put in a little bit of ceramic coating into these little four ounce containers and we give it to them. We say, coat your shoes. I know it might sound crazy, but we just give it to them. Coat your shoes, you know? We, oh, you got some new Jordans? Coat your shoes, you know what I mean? Just put some, uh, what do you call, it? toothpicks in the little holes and you're good to go. But uh, but we do little things like that. And we're like, oh, really, man? That's amazing. What if I do this on my car? Great question. Glad you asked, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, it's, it's all those little things, but we wouldn't know if we didn't have the data. And that's where putting in that data is really important. And um, so, which brings me to a quick point that I'll bring up. Um, so it's the red car theory. Uh, so how many, you drove to work today or uh, I imagine, yeah? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: How many red cars did you see on the way to work? Three. Three? Okay. And you know that for a fact? <laughs> yeah, I was like, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, there was a Trans Am. Had a, a great
1: th- straight face though.
0: Had a great straight <laughs> face. That was, good. that was good. That was I almost believed it. But the in reality is most of us wouldn't know. Now, <laughs> if I was to tell you before you left the house, For every red car that you see on the way to work, I'll give you $100. Guaranteed, you get there and I'd be like, I saw five. And you'd know the fucking make, year, model, everything, right? Because you'd be looking for it. And so what we do with our staff is we force them to look for these opportunities and we incentivize them that way. So we don't give them commission per job. We do give them commission on upsells that they do, obviously. But what we give them commission on is primarily how many reviews they get and the details that they enter in the CRM. Because if our staff ever leave, those details are gonna pay dividends way into the future, right? So, okay, I give the guy an extra 40 bucks today, but guess what? Now that that customer is gonna be a customer for life because we gave him such a good experience, even if that staff member leaves, we now replace a new staff member and they can offer the same experience because we have the data. That's why the data is so important. And that's really, the, the crucial part of any CRM that you're using is making sure that you're putting in the data. Like we have fields for all kinds of stuff, you know, and if you don't use them, you're wasting opportunities and you're missing those red cars. So you got to pay attention to how many red cars you see because those are opportunities for you to close deals. And if you're not worried about commission for staff, maybe you're a solopreneur, think of it for yourself because your salary is your commission, right? Anyone that's self-employed, We're 100% commission-based, all of us, right? It's based on our performance and what value we bring to the company and the customer. And so putting in those details is is crucial. Uh, So at our shop, we put in all kinds of stuff and OrbisX fills in the gaps for you as well. OrbisX, our AI will determine if it's male or female for you, for example. So you don't have to worry about like, you know, putting down notes like it's a male customer or whatever. You don't even have to read the name. OrbisX can go through and determine for you the percentage of male and female and you can structure your ads that way. So a lot of it's done for you just by using the right CRM in this case, Corpus X, um, but you have to put in the other part of that. Um, so we do the software, but you do the staff where that is what I call it, is where there's staff involved and whether you have staff or it's just yourself, you're the one that has to put in that data. Absolutely. So, yeah, but man, that is wild. You found that book though. Damn. Can you imagine if that was your customer log, like you have to search through that and, and what are you supposed to do? Like the only option is, like literally postal mail. Like, what do you suppose? You can't do an SMS. You can't do an email. You can't do, there's none of those tools available at the time. That's wild, man. Jesus. That's a uh,
1: great wow. time to be alive.
0: Great time to be alive. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Jesus. Insane. So,
1: you remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe it's about a month, but I was talking about, and I, it, we might have not even been recording. I might have just been talking to you about it. And and it was that I had listened to a comic, and I okay. was talking about how hilarious this guy was. I told you I'd it. find it, and I told you I'd send it to you. Well, today's that day because
0: oh shit, I finally found
1: it again. Found him again <laughs> this past weekend. All right, so his name is Nate Bargatze. B A R
0: yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: he's a he's like a dry humor funny.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the way he delivers his jokes. Yeah, and he
1: and he delivers them with the straight. I mean, half the time he's just like you're talking. Like that, hey, That's yeah. what I like about him. Is you know, you 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 go from him to let's say like a, I don't know, like a Jamie Fox or a, what's that little dude that everybody laughs at kevin hart right yeah they're so animated.
0: yeah it's like kevin the- hart
1: he has to be right it's it's yeah. part of his thing because he's that you know like
0: he has so to it's, make up for the yeah yeah
1: and that's what makes him funny right like he, yeah. he plays it to a t and does a great job this guy he's much more dry
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and I, I love like he just he cracks me up i love dry humor uh so yeah. uh I'm, I'm listening. I th- everybody needs to go watch. The, the funny part is, it's supposed to be a series. I think it was on Netflix or something. But there's only a one, a one shot series. So I was like, I don't understand that. Like, but yeah. whatever. You know, sorry, Nate, you didn't series, make two, only but... one. <laughs> yeah, like one of one series. Well, Nate, better luck next time, buddy.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll come but back.
1: He he had this joke, and he was talking about, and I'm not going to try and be a comic in this part. I I like the logic of it. And, and he tells a joke about how you can convince your dumb brain to not be dumb. He said, you know, most of us do dumb stuff. Yeah. Very few times we do the smart thing, but sometimes we do do the smart thing because we convince the dumb side of our brain not to do what the <laughs> dumb side of the brain wants to do. And he gives this joke and he goes, he goes, it's like you're a conjoined twin. And you, you show up to a surprise birthday party. and You didn't know that you were getting a surprise birthday party. Like, it's a you're a conjoined college. twin. How'd you not hear? Like,
0: he goes on yeah, to say, like,
1: fun. you can convince your dumb brain, right? Like I'll say it again, to not be dumb. It's true. And the dumb brain doesn't even realize that he's the conjoined twin going to his own birthday party. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? I'm I don't surprised. have to do this. Yeah. I could right, like. And he's making this joke of it, and it's funny. And at the same time, I go, Yes, like
0: true though. Yeah, this is
1: what we said, right? Like yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So go listen to the comic, go listen to him at the same time, realize that you can convince the dumb side of yourself to not be dumb. Now we don't want to hear that, right? When when I've said to people go look in the mirror and really talk to yourself, like we don't really want to think that there's part of us that is dumb, but mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. Like we all think. myself included make a ton of dumb decisions. You some of those dumb decisions are being sad. Mm. Some of those dumb decisions are being angry at somebody. Some of those right you could go down and list some very very dumb things that we do. And you know what? You can convince yourself not to be dumb, yeah. right? You can convince, even though it's your own self, and you know that you're dumb. You can convince your dumb self to not be as dumb.
0: Be as dumb stop as you
1: stressed <laughs> about what other people do. Yeah. Stop being so angry about what you saw. Stop being right. You can go down the list and stop being dumb.
0: Yeah. It's, it's true. Is You know, it's kind of like uh, when I drive on the highway. I used to, in my younger years, have not road rage, but I used to be like, oh, God, why is that person driving like that or like that? I used to get so frustrated. And then I was talking to my cousin, Michelle, and we were talking. We came to the conclusion that because I was always frustrated and uh, they weren't. So we came to the conclusion that it was all how we – we're perceiving the world. And I said, no, 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 it's not me. It's them. And then I was being told, no, no, it's not them. It's you. And we were going back and forth. And as I've gotten older and I've got hopefully a little bit wiser, I've started to realize I'm like, okay, so, all right, I'm still getting there on time. And yeah, that person wants to come in and before i will be like, no, you're not coming in. You didn't signal right. Or something. I'd be frustrated. The only thing that was happening was I would get to my destination, frustrated, flustered, and, and just overall angry at the whole situation. That person went on with their whole day, like nothing even happened. And it didn't impact me at all in the drive, but it was impacting me when I got to my destination. I was like, holy, this is crazy. So I, was, I had to convince myself. And now, so I do this little exercise. When I see someone doing some dumb shit on the road, I always tell myself, or I even say it out loud to my wife, and she laughs. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you should see the day they're having, them. you know? <laughs> like, they're, they're going through some shit. He just came home saw his wife in bed with his brother, you know, so that's why he's he's trying to cut me off. I make up these crazy scenarios and it's just convincing my brain. I'm like, he's going through a rougher time than I am. You know, let him do his thing. He forgot the signal. He, he cut me off, he whatever. And I'm not phased by it. And I, I just stay happy and it leads to better things. I have better conversations with my wife, a better drive. I get to my destination, I'm in a good mood. And it literally is just convincing myself that whatever I was going through, because it's the other way, too. If you lean into the dumbness, you can convince yourself of all kinds of shit. You can convince yourself literally to the point you'll make yourself sick. There's even like mimic ulcers and all kinds of shit. That's just your brain, the dumb part, playing tricks on you. And so you got to just find a way to convince yourself you're not dumb. That's genius. <laughs> it's like the smartest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> or something. I don't know. The dumbest, smartest thing i ever I don't know. But it's, yeah. Interesting, but he is hilarious though. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I like that dry humor as well, but, but it seems so simple, but it's like, look at that. Something like that. Like number one, watching comedy, I think it's hugely important. I think everybody should do it. Find whatever comedy it is that that gets you there. Even people that say they don't like comedy. That's crazy. Like laughter serves no biological purpose. It serves zero biological purpose. It's kind of like music. We don't get fed from it. We don't get uh, nutrients, nothing like it. But yet we have music in our lives. We have music in our culture. As a, you know, animal species, we've developed these things, and they do serve a purpose. We're just not really aware of it most times. But I, I hear people say, oh, I don't like comedy. It's like, no, no, you just haven't found the right comedy, or you don't understand you know, the importance of it. But it really is that whole laughter is the best medicine. And then look at that. So through that process, you also... Learn a life lesson. That's like a win-win right there, you know? Damn, trick the dumb part of your brain. I like it. No, it's it's, it's smart, though. You know, and uh, I think another thing, too, is um, to lean into something I wanted to talk about today, um, is that uh, tricking your brain to certain things. Uh, so on the same coaching call that I was on this uh, past week, I was talking to the guy, and I started to ask some questions, and then I stopped everything, and I said, sorry, we're going to start over the questions I started asking were just kind of template that I go through with a lot of people that I kind of mentor here and there. And it was, you know, what's your like two year plan, three year plan, five year plan, so on and so forth. And this particular individual, something about it seemed like he needed something sooner. And so I started to realize, and I said, you know, this guy's setting up three year, five year plans, but really he needs something in like three to five months to turn around in his business. And I started talking to him about it and I said, it sounds like you, you have more of a sense of urgency. And he said, no, 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 no. He says, you know, I, I'm trying to make this three to five year plan and everything. And I said, OK, you're trying to fit these other things into this box. But why? And he said, well, that's what everyone's always told me is you got to plan like, you know, two years, three years, five years, so on, and so forth. And I said, OK, so why don't we do a little experiment? And I was telling him to trick his brain as well. I said, so imagine you don't have that long to live and you've got to get this business to where you need it to be so that one of your children can take it over or whatever the case may be, it can't be ready to be sold so it can support your wife or whatever the case is. What if you break that frame, that time frame that's there, just break it completely and say, okay, I still want to accomplish the same goal, but trick yourself and tell yourself, I need to do this in six months instead. And take a week and think about that. Think about what you need to do. And you're going to realize that you come up with some great ideas You come up with some great ideas that are going to be more expeditious. You're going to execute them because now you've convinced yourself like, fuck, I only have six months to make this work. And I really think it's the whole chef Ramsey thing where he goes into those restaurants now. And he's like, he used to just go in and, you know, it was like a kitchen nightmares. Okay. I'm going to stay with you for a week and we'll fix your restaurant. And then he introduced that time barrier and he basically convinced them if they don't fix it in 24 hours, they're fucked. And reality is, They could have lasted another couple months, but by saying you've got 24 hours or you're done, they've convinced themselves in their brain. Now we got to make this work in 24 hours. And the excellence that got pushed and squeezed out of every employee made it happen in 24 hours. So if you do the same thing and trick your brain, the dumb part, as you mentioned, if you trick the dumb part into being like, listen, you got to get smart and you only got uh, six months to execute this five-year plan. You know, I think I think there's a lot of power in the mind when you do stuff like that. But in tricking the dumb part into being smart. Absolutely. (laughs) I think that's. Uh, And
1: and if you push yourself to a level like what you're talking about. The way to trick yourself and the way to catch yourself and the way to progress is to every time you say the words, I can't. Mm. You pause. Yeah. You rethink. You go. I can you just might have to go through some more steps, right? Like,
0: exactly, yeah.
1: want to take you a little time to come up with a plan, but instead of saying I can't,
0: mm-hmm. take the
1: time, come up with the plan. If you don't have a plan, right? right? Everybody says... I?" Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. No. And that's where uh, my official tip for today, I'll, I'll jump into it on that. Oh, note. it's
1: official now.
0: Yeah, it's official now. It's getting real. It's getting real because <laughs> the I can and can't, I was watching the Cadbury uh, documentary on how, you know, the history of their company before they got bought out, after they got bought out. And the I can and can't is a huge one for me, especially in business, because it's solutions and non-solutions so on so forth. And the chocolate industry, obviously, with recent years has been hit hard in a lot of ways, because what's our goal is. You know, the, the fat, lazy bastards we all are nowadays is, you know, reduce sugar, reduce chocolate, reduce even just eating snacks or even just the, the extra cost of it, whatever it is, we're all trying to change the way that we eat. So the first thing that's going to get axed out of the market is going to be the sweets, the junk food, the chocolate, right? And so they've had to adapt, not because they wanted to necessarily make their product better, but because the market was changing. They see it changing. They say, okay, we have to offer the original, but we also have to offer these alternatives. And so they were tasked with some things that a lot of companies would have said, we can't do that. And some of them were reducing the sugar by like 30%. They had to do that. Was, they, they brought this task list to the engineers, and the, the, the chocolatiers. They said, listen, we have to reduce the sugar by 30%. We have to remove the milk completely. So all that milk chocolate taste gone. And because the cocoa the the chocolate that we by the time we refine it, everything has its own natural you know sugars and stuff in it we want you to find a way to remove that as well and so it's like how the fuck do I do that while still maintaining this great taste you know and not only that but you also want me to make the taste better because it has to be better than the original or else it's why would I even try this and so they were going through different things and the interesting part of it was that they started building these systems, and I, I thought about—I uh, mentioned this before when we were talking—but I thought a lot about um, the products you make in that journey that you go on that we talked about before, where you know, discovering you know new things to add, new additives or chemicals or you know reactions of things and scents and all kinds of stuff to put in uh, to your products. It's a really fun process. And these engineers, instead of looking at the problem and saying you know like we can't do that or it's impossible or you know, just getting the whole doubt cloud over their heads. They said, okay, challenge accepted. It's that whole, you know, oh, you can't do that. Hold my beer, you know, and then you go do it, right? And so that's what they did. And they started looking at other things they could use. So they needed like a binding agent. Um, so they introduced fiber into the recipe. But then the problem is, as I don't know if you've ever had those, um, you know, like the the workout bars, like the, you know, they they taste, it's almost like eating bark. You know what i mean so it's like if you introduce that into a a cadbury chocolate bar it's gonna be terrible so they were like okay so we have to do this but make it taste good as well right so they started playing with different additives or different ingredients things like that to to actually make it taste good and through that process they actually invented a new machine which was incredible because that machine is going to pay dividends for years to come Uh, but what the machine does is mimics the human response when it eats particularly chocolate. And so they, they have this whole floor and they have people, their whole job is tasting while, while this machine's hooked up to them. And so two parts of it go in your nostrils and then the other part goes in your mouth and then there's sensors and receptors and stuff. And what it tracks is when you put the chocolate in your mouth, how soon do you start chewing? Um, how, what's the frequency that you're chewing at? Uh, how often do you open your mouth and take a breath of air? Your nostrils, like how often do they flare? The nose hairs, everything is tracking all these things, because and also the receptors in your brain and stuff, like how you're reacting to things, your eye movements, to track excitement, uh, to track if something tastes gross, so on and so forth, so that they can take this machine without a human hooked up to it, feed it chocolate basically, and it will mimic the responses of a human based on the materials that's coming in contact with the ingredients, so on and so forth, which was pretty cool, but they were tasked with something that seems like impossible. Like, how do you, okay, you want me to take out the sugar? You want me to take out the chocolate? You want me to take out the milk? <laughs> like, those are the ingredients that make this thing taste great. <laughs> and you want me to make it taste good still. And they went through this painstaking effort, but it was more like a treasure hunt. They made it fun. And it was it was more an I can versus an I can't. And then they're, you know, creating amazing products um, in that way. But it was all through setting up these systems so that they could accomplish the I can so it, it started with, we probably can't, but then from that board meeting, it left into, okay, so we probably can, but that can might have 15 different steps along the way first. And that's where I think a lot of people get hung up. And that's that was my takeaway from the Cadbury story was that um, a lot of people, when they look at something, it's so easy to just say, but I can't, I can't do that because there's a lot of steps. And so you just have to realize that everything is a process and you got to go through those steps and, Sometimes if the whole project looks like I can't, sometimes it's break it down into pieces. And then each one you realize, I can do that. So like, oh, I need more customers. Oh, geez, I, I can't just get 50 customers by the weekend. Okay, so break it down in smaller pieces. Can you get five customers tomorrow? Maybe. Can you create a Facebook ad? Can you create something else? So I think the, the word of this week would be, I can You know, or the words, you know, and focus on what you can do. Trick your dumb part of your brain, do those pieces you can do. The pieces you can't, maybe someone else can. Maybe you can't, someone else can. So find that someone else, get them to do it uh, or to help with it. And then you're going to realize that their pieces plus your pieces plus everything else, all of a sudden, the big project that's I can't get 50 customers by the weekend becomes I can definitely get 50 customers by the weekend, you know. And so, breaking it up into those little pieces, that's what Cadbury did with, you know, okay, we we can't just remove the chocolate, but we can build a machine that could determine if people like certain levels of chocolate. Okay, let's start there. So they built that and then, okay, so people are okay with this level of chocolate. Can they digest fiber? Yes, but don't worry. They actually made it taste really good, supposedly. But, I don't care.
1: Uh... I'm done. I'm finished with Cadbury. <laughs> the only thing I would buy at Easter was one Cadbury egg.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: love the Cadbury egg.
0: Yeah. They, they I knew,
1: pretty, was, I knew yeah, the original one, to to too. Thing.
0: I don't like the spinoffs. I like the, the original. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm out now. It's not real chocolate. <laughs> Damn it. Like, I knew I was buying it at the, the one. Walmart, good thing. Right? Like, yeah. So I knew it wasn't like great chocolate. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I buy Cadbury egg off the lower part of the shelf, not the,
0: yeah, yeah. the higher not the top, top of the shelf. You know? Yeah.
1: So I understand what I'm getting, but goddamn, now I, I'm definitely out. I'm definitely out now.
0: It's true. Yeah, it, it's funny because I don't drink a lot of soda pop. But when I do, I, I usually drink a Coke or a Sprite. And I know they make alternatives. I know they make, you know, the Coke Zero and the Diet Coke and all these kinds of spinoffs. But I don't drink drink it often. But when I do, I just want, like, I want, just give me the good stuff. You know, just give me the goods. That's what I want right now. I know it's terrible for me, but but that's fine uh speaking of that same comedian he's got a bit on uh, pancakes you know, have to check that out he's <laughs> he's like pancakes they're, they're, i i love them he's like but they're they're they make me feel so so tough.
1: yeah as you he's get scared. older yeah
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like i'm tired like, oh. my wife goes well you got a whole plate of pancakes you're just there oh look.
0: yeah he's like no that can't be it <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> oh man so true but, uh, but, yeah, the Cadbury, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not down with the, the no chocolate and the fiber. But, uh, you know, the Easter, though, that's going to be a tough one because they have to advertise that same product every year. They got to do a massive push just once a year for that one particular product. You know, it's, uh, but I guess that also helps because then they're focused on it, you know. I mean, they get it done, so clearly they believe they can. circle back into that (laughs) but yes that's that's what i learned this week it was a pretty productive week it was good yeah there we go i dropped my bouquet of tips today so everyone can be happy and uh yeah next week we'll have another another round of tips and then the week after that we'll be recording uh well i will from a special location and uh yeah we'll join up and meet up it'll be good but uh, as always marty i appreciate you and uh we'll see you next week all right everybody take care and uh, Marty will have some updates on a new product coming soon. I've been sworn to secrecy, though. <laughs> <laughs> Off my chest. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thank cheers. <laughs>